Greetings, everyone. Hey, how you doing? It's Matt Sella. Today, we're doing a spoiler review for the latest DuckTales episode, Time Foon, Season 2, Episode 21. As a reminder, folks, this is a spoiler review. So, my friend Mark and I are going to be talking spoilers about the episode. Now, unfortunately, Mark actually did manage to get out of that temple dimensional plane of some sort he was last at. But it turns out now he's actually in a different time period talking to us through some magical means. How are you doing there, Mark, in whatever time period you are in? There's nothing but dinosaurs all around me. Oh my god, he must be in the future! Yeah, we finally found a way to get that theme park running. But Matt, we got DuckTales to talk about. That is true, that is true. And what a coincidence that it involved time travel too. I know, what an amazing coincidence. Now before we get started here, make sure to subscribe to this channel if you enjoy reviews just like this. And be sure to check out my other videos talking about DuckTales. We even recently talked about the Dark Crystal, the Age of Resistance, and all kinds of other goodies. But without further ado, let me give you the synopsis on Time Foon. When Louie uses Gyro's time tub to steal lost treasure from the past, a mysterious storm in the present sends all of space and time crashing down onto the mansion. Classic time tub. And crazy things happen. Things that may not even make sense, but there are some boundaries that need to be established. So, Mark, why don't you let us know your opinion on this episode overall and any pros and cons that you got from it? Well, Matt, this is going to be a big episode for a lot of DuckTales fans because this is where we get our first appearance of Bubba the Cave Duck and Tootsie the Triceratops and actually a lot of other subtle Disney references, but I won't spoil them yet. It's a lot of fun. Uh, we see poor uh, Huey kind of losing his mind as uh, Bubba just continues to become more and more immersed with, you know, wheels and clubs and doing uh, riffs on a keytar. It's 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 pure madness. And uh, something I really appreciate, uh, Della's lesson at the end of this episode, I really personally appreciated. I did too. But um, yeah, this was just, um, we said last week that uh, the episode with uh, Cornelius Coot was really just a fun adventure episode. This one felt like a really fun adventure episode. I don't know why. I think so too, probably because there's a lot going on in a small contained area. There are strangeness happening, stakes happening. Chili dogs happening. A lot of secrets. Well, one secret, I guess, technically. But yeah, no, there was a lot going on. To kind of piggyback off what you were saying, yeah, I actually thought uh, Bubba, the cave duck, was quite amusing. And it's actually kind of funny, like how 90s he is, at least in some of the actions he was doing. And it was kind of cool where, yes, at the end of the episode, it's to imply that that's part of the Duck McDuck family, allegedly. Which isn't, I believe, isn't from the original. But I also love the fact that Bubba doesn't look like anyone specifically. Yeah, well, especially a, a cave duck would just be way too far back for that to even be remotely possible genetically. Right. Cartoon or otherwise. So I kind of appreciate that it has that loose connection right there. Well, it's also not definitively stated. I mean, at the end of the episode, you know, he makes the spoiler alert. He makes a stone top hat. But like you could just as easily say that's not, you know, him as the first, you know, McDuck so much as it is. He saw Scrooge's top hat and made his own top hat. Yeah, no, that's fair. That or it could be funny if that was actually connected to Glomgold. Oh, good God. <laughs> But uh, yeah, Tootsie was a reference to something because I thought specifically that name to a Triceratops was a bit, uh, I don't know, it was something I didn't expect that level of attention to be on. But is it like one of those, uh, oh, what's the name of the red dinosaur from the Marvel comics? Uh, Devil Dinosaur. Is it just Devil Dinosaur? I thought he was. Yeah, Devil Dino. 
Wait, no, I'm thinking of the uh, Loch Ness Monster Brachiosaurus-like thing. Anyway, the point is, Tootsie was a reference? Yeah, because this was a cartoon from the 80s, we were still having, we weren't, you know, caught up or, well, we weren't. This this episode in particular makes it a very clear point that, you know, what would be considered cave people and dinosaurs did not exist in the same time. Yeah, I was happy they acknowledged that. Tootsie in the original show would have been Bubba's pet. Ah, Okay. That's the connection there. But they made a point of separating them by time. And, you know, also in the original, like, she was, you know, not a, a wild animal. She was she had a personality. So this really corrects history in a way, I guess you could say. I could see that. Tootsie was also kind of really, after her appearance, she kind of was even a side character, even when Bubba showed up. It was, she was really a background character for some parts. Gotcha. But Matt, do you want to hear about the other weird Disney stuff that seems to happen in this time episode? Lay it on me, bro. Maybe just because I was reaching because I'm a big Mary Poppins fan, but I'm pretty sure one of the quote-unquote canes in the Scrooge's uh, umbrella stand was Mary Poppins's parrot umbrella. Wow, you might be right because there was a lot of cane designs. There were. In fact, there could be even more designs I didn't notice. I just really locked onto that parrot handle for some reason. But um, weirdly enough, Two of the three cowboys that come through time, one kind of looks like Woody, but the other one, the cowgirl, really, really, really looks like Jessie. Did you notice that? I kind of noticed something interesting about her getup. Hmm. Like, it was highly more detailed than I expected it would be. Mm -hmm. So, there you go. Maybe there's that Easter egg there, too. Also, one of the pirates looks like, uh, I think, the I'm going to pull it up, the character's name, at least on his model sheet, was Turk. And uh, he would be one of the pirates from Peter Pan, uh, one of the background pirates. But like, you'd be, if you saw him, you'd recognize him. He's the one with like the big mustache. Ah, uh, yeah, I think I know what you're talking about. Big burly dude. Yeah, a bit of a burly guy, a bit of a mustache, has a fez. Yeah, I think I know who you're talking about specifically. Yeah, his his design seems to be invoked or makes a cameo too. So like, we're pulling all across the timeline, Matt. Yeah, let's get straight to the meat of things. I'm gonna let you know what my opinion of this episode is. Oh, okay, Matt's opinion. <laughs> Because it really matters this time. Wow, me, Matt. I had a lot of fun with this episode. I kind of like the fact that, you know, there's that big debate going on a lot where it's like, how does time travel work in entertainment and why is it all stupid? And I love the fact that this episode is just like, you know what? We just have a time tub machine that Gyro made. Just go with it. Yeah, it really is just, you know, despite the, you know, making the correction to past material with uh, Bubba and Tootsie, it's really just like, we have a time machine bathtub, get over it. Benjamin Franklin is now a news anchor. And a lot of characters from the past make it to the present and then later on, vice versa happens, which I did find a little strange that like pirates and ninjas and cowboys, they would just come to the present and just instantly decide to start attacking people. Like, I get we need, like, drama and, like, peril for our heroes. But in my adult mind, it's like, wait, why are they attacking? Wouldn't they be asking, like, where are they or something first? But whatever. That's just a nitpick. Uh, moving on. I like the fact that we kind of start the episode with Louie and Launchpad just kind of doing their thing. Not thinking of the long-term consequences. And as you said before, with uh, Webby, Huey, and Dewey kind of, like, catching up with Bubba was it Huey is trying to like get himself in like the woodchuck guidebook as like a record or something for the revised edition for his contribution on cave duck discoveries yeah so we kind of have like that plot a plot b going on but it meshes really well together 
Mm-hmm. Actually, at the beginning of this episode, I kind of thought that maybe you might end up hating this episode a little bit because its launch pad is such a big prevalence to Louis' plot. But luckily, as the episode went on, I could see it's like, okay, no, he wasn't as a predominant figure in the overall storyline. Right. The episode in and of itself didn't necessarily hinge on him. But also, weirdly enough, as someone who has, you know, kind of had mixed feelings about this version of Launchpad, I kind of liked it once he started getting all, you know, questioning how time works and everything. That actually got some laughs out of me. That's good. That's good. I like that. Because like I said, I was worried at the beginning when he was trying to patch up windows, he just kept banging against the frame instead of the actual plank. I was like... Mm, I wonder if Mark's cringing a little bit here. That really, it really could have. Like, if launch, if if we were to revise history again, if Launchpad had almost his, you know, stupidity had been the cause of the time anomalies, then I probably wouldn't have been as you know cool about it. But yeah, no, this all hinged on Louis. Yeah, and his greediness. And to kind of conclude on this episode, because I don't want to go on too long here. Uh, as you said in the beginning, I agree with you. The whole thing where Della finally stood up to Louie and told him, it's like, yeah, no, you saved everything. Everything's back to normal. But what you still did endangered everybody and had mass consequences that could have been impossible to undo. And so actually grounds Louie and is an actual parent. Yeah, I I really liked that. You know, we've seen Della kind of try, but I think this is the... She really stepped up to the plate in this one, and I appreciated it. And I think the fact that Louis obviously didn't come out of this happy that, oh, a hug's not good enough. I got to be grounded and do all this. It's tough love. It's really tough love. And AKA love. I often wonder if like kids watching this might think, oh, boy, well, that was a little harsh. But as adults like myself, I'm like, yeah, that seems fitting. Totally. I kind of wish, you know, not to get, you know, personal or political, but I kind of wish maybe more parents tried that these days. I feel like that's kind of what the episode was harping on a little bit, too, is like how loose some parents can be. Yeah. But at the same time, they're not loose at all. And humans are weird, man. We are. We should just be more like ducks. And still call ourselves man, because that's a title, not specifically a noun. Anyway. But, you know, a fun episode with a good moral. I think that's really what we personally, between the two of us, have come to really enjoy about the show. Would you say, Matt? I would agree with that, yes. But uh, to kind of conclude on that, too, with uh, Della and the, knowing the consequences of the actions Louis did, I also thought to myself, like, if people were being thrown back in time randomly, mm-hmm. part of me was thinking, oh, man, that sounds like a whole episodical arc right there. Because, like, even if, like, you send everybody back, how would the time machine know to send the people from the present back to the present? So when everyone was disappearing, like, I know it wasn't going to go in that direction because it's one episode in the middle of a second half of season two. But still, at that point, I was like, yeah, if I wonder if Della kind of figured that, too. And that's why she got so mad at Louis. Oh, yeah. I think the while it didn't happen, I think the risk was there for sure. I mean, I would have been mad at Louis if that was the case, too. It's like, yeah, you being lazy and greedy. Also, the other thing that popped in my head before I close up here. Uh, I know Launchpad kind of talked about it a little bit, but at the beginning, I thought to myself, when Louis went to the past to steal lost treasure, quote unquote, lost treasure, he would just acclaim them and bring them back to the present. Wouldn't that mean that they have less value in the present if they didn't have that long history? Well, they would still have that long history because they would have been gone up until Louis had them. So it would have been like he found it currently. Okay, cool. So he didn't steal it before it was known to be lost treasure. You can make the argument him stealing it is the reason it became lost treasure. That's true. But essentially, it would have to be lost, though. Yeah, but it was 
it was a self-fulfilling prophecy. Let's say that. Yeah, because I was partially thinking about that, too, because like if you went back to the past and say you stole Ben Franklin's key that he used to do the whole lightning on a kite thing, but you steal it before he actually does that event, wouldn't that make the key somewhat worthless? Because historically saying that event never happened with that key. Right. Therefore, that key has no value or little to know about i guess in my mind that's what i was thinking part of the time but no you're right treasure is technically lost and logged as history just now it's even more lost yeah which i guess you could technically argue saying well if there's no evidence and there was no attempt to get the lost treasure then it might become not as valuable as it could be i don't know my head could go spinning for a while on this in terms of logic but let's move on here i gotta say yeah i really enjoyed this episode i thought it was pretty solid a lot of fun. I'm glad you liked it. I think you may have liked it a lot more than I did, but that's because you saw all the cool comic references and all that stuff. Uh, yeah, I mean, that, that was certainly a cherry on top, but I don't know. This, like I, like we said before, you know, a good adventure episode, but with a good, you know, moral at heart, you know, it's all the good stuff you want out of this show. And I think that's all we really need. Anyway, folks, I think that'll do it for our spoiler review for Time Foon, Season 2, Episode 21 of DuckTales. Ooh, but Matt... Maybe we tease them for what tomorrow's episode is. Mind if I do that? Ooh, tease the audience, why don't you? It's going to be about... It. Oh, well, you know what? I'm not even going to whisper out of it. It's too exciting. One, it's going to be a big Glom Gold episode because it's called Glom Tales. Ah, uh, I'm looking forward to see what kind of nonsense he's up to. Oh, yeah. But hey, folks, I want to thank you all for taking a listen. And uh, let us know in the comment section below, what did you think of this Time Foon episode? Did you like it? Did you not like it? Share your thoughts. Join the conversation. Be sure to subscribe to this channel. Ring that bell to be notified when videos drop. And hey, visit my Patreon if you can at patreon.com forward slash Matsella. Consider donating as little as a dollar a month to help go towards my podcast, art, animation, content made just for you. Want to thank my guest here, Mark, as he is another time temporal plane. And we're going to attempt to bring him back with a little bit of glom tomorrow. Oh, it's gonna glom it up. Glom it up, baby. This is Matt Sella. This is Mark. I want to thank you all for tuning in. Oh.